You're listening to The Takeaway. I'm Melissa Harris-Perry. It wasn't until 1889 that Washington became a state. And while they may have been latecomers to the Union, the Evergreen State has proved to be an early adopter of progressive policy. In 1910, women gained the right to vote in Washington. That was more than a decade before the 19th Amendment. In 1970, the state legalized abortion, three years before Roe v. Wade. In 2012, Washington, along with Colorado, became the first state to legalize the recreational use of cannabis. And in 2014, Seattle became the first major city to pass a law incrementally increasing the minimum wage to $15 an hour. Now, Washington state is helping lead the way on gun policy reform. Now, it's not the first state to ban assault weapons. But in a year with over 200 mass shootings already and growing calls for political leaders to take actions to address gun violence, in late April, Washington's Governor Jay Inslee signed into law several pieces of gun policy legislation. One new law bans the sale, distribution, manufacture, and importation of more than 50 assault-style gun models. There is no reason for their use in the state of Washington. No one needs an AR-15 to protect your family. You only need it to kill other families. And for that reason, we are taking action today. Earlier this week, I talked with Governor Inslee, and I let him know I was born in Seattle while my parents were grad students at UW. He offered me a nice virtual welcome home. Governor, thanks for joining us on The Takeaway. You bet. I'm glad you're uh, even remotely in Washington, your birthplace. And I keep my eyes on the Pacific Northwest in part because the state of Washington has a long and venerable tradition as a truly sort of progressive marker in our country. Talk to me a bit about House Bill 1240, which you signed into law. Well, we do pride ourselves in quite frequently leading the country with things the country ultimately adopts. And we're doing that on on clean energy. We're doing that on protecting a woman's right of choice. We're doing this on a on access to health care. And, and we've been also leading on trying to prevent gun violence. And our uh, latest step is three steps, actually. One, to prohibit the future sale of assault weapons. One, to require safety training before a person gets a firearm and having a 10-day waiting period. And a third bill that will appropriately hold manufacturers liable when they don't act responsibly in the sale of these these weapons. So this builds on some of our our previous efforts on red flag laws and safe storage laws and the like. I'm glad we're doing this. It makes sense. These are common sense measures. I commend them to the rest of the country. Uh, More than a third or right around a third of Washingtonians own guns. It is, after all, the West. (laughs) Um, Will the kinds of measures that you're taking affect the capacity of ordinary citizens to own firearms? Uh, No. Listen, assault weapons, they were designed for one purpose, and that is mass murder. They were not designed for protecting your home from coyotes or even burglars. They were meant to have an extremely devastating impact because they have a muzzle velocity of their bullet is about twice that of a, of a normal firearm. They leave an enormous hole as they exit a person's body and they have a high capacity for rate of fire as you well. So th- these things are designed only as weapons of war. 
And our our people have had a belly full of, of weapons of war being used in these uh, incidents of mass murder. So nobody ha- needs these to protect your, your ranch from a coyote. And these issues about trying to have some modicum of common sense when you get a firearm to have a 10-day waiting period, for instance, makes sense. You know, over half of the gun deaths are due to suicide. And having some waiting period to some degree can sometimes allow a family to intercede. So these are common sense measures. They do not intrude in what you would consider normal use of a firearm. And they are widely supported across the state of Washington. Of course, the thing that terrifies us in the world, I'm a parent, right? The thing that terrifies us in the world are the assault style weapons, the idea of them being used against us or against our loved ones in some public place. But they still form a smaller fraction of deaths by gun. I'm wondering how you see the other legislative efforts relative to this point that people are still more likely to take their own lives by gun. We're coming to understand this as a public health challenge, as well as one involving crime. And so we're always looking for ways to help people think through the risks associated with firearms. It's one of the reasons for the safety training, to get people to understand that, to understand you are actually more likely to have to injure yourself or your family members are more likely to be injured than some intruder in in your home. And this 10-day waiting period is part of that as well. So these are what you want to think of as public health efforts against a public health crisis of of suicide. And so these bills, as a suite of bills, I think have approached this to do the multiple things we need to do. And I think that's an important point, too, is that against gun violence, there's not one solution. There's not one action. There are many. And the reason I point that out is so many people say, well, you know, assault weapon bills won't stop all gun violence, so we should do nothing. I I just think it's reverse. We need to do many things. We need to increase access to mental health. We need to get people mental health treatment when they need it. Uh, We need some additional law enforcement resources that are appropriately trained to do de-escalation and the like. So these are all of things in a a multifaceted strategy uh, to try to reduce this gun violence. Quick break right here. We're back with new gun policy out of the state of Washington right after this. Hi, I'm Alexis Ohanian. You may know me as one of the co-founders of Reddit, but more recently, a large part of my identity is being a father to my wonderful daughters. In my podcast, Business Dad, I hope to open the conversation about working parents a bit. You'll get to hear from a wide range of business dads, from Rain Wilson and Guy Raz to Todd Carmichael and Shane Battier to find out how they balance being a dad with a successful career. Business Dad is available now, so be sure to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, you're back, and we're still with Governor Jay Inslee from the state of Washington. In the state of Illinois, we've seen what look like common sense gun measures often be undermined by the state just to the east, Indiana, and the flow of weapons across the border from Indiana to Illinois. When you are looking at a map where you are so close to Idaho, pretty near to Montana, 
how you think about the question of whether or not you can create some safety within the state. Well, the first thing I would say is that this may not prevent every single assault weapon from someone sneaking it across our border. We understand that. But again, this comes back that just because you can't solve all problems, you shouldn't do nothing. These have been shown to be effective state by state. It would certainly help if we had a national law on this, as I supported in 1994. I voted for the assault weapon bill in 1994, lost my seat in part because of that. But I've never regretted that vote. It did have an impact of reducing the frequency of mass murders for the 10 years it was in effect. So yes, it would be better if we had a federal law, but it should not prevent us from taking action because I do believe it will have a benefit, as I've indicated. Let's go out into the future 10 years and look back, assuming the bill holds up in the courts. What are some of the metrics you'll be looking at to say, all right, what we did a decade ago mattered in the state of Washington? Well, maybe I look at it a little differently. I'm looking out at beautiful Mount Rainier right now, our beautiful 14,000-foot mountain covered by glaciers. And when you're climbing a mountain, I did climb that a while back, you measure success step by step. It's a victory to take one more step, and that's how I look at this. These are not the, the ultimate answer to gun violence. They're steps in a long progress. And so to me, uh, reducing the amount of violence by one life would be worth it. If my whole career could save one life, it would be a, a very gratifying journey. I believe these measures will save multiple lives, and that will be a success. Some of that life-saving work might happen in a somewhat different way. I mean, we think of gun violence as this immediate and violent threat, but so much of your work has been around climate policy. What is going to feel like success for you a decade out on that issue? Well, you know, it's to some degree, I feel success now. We've now adopted what I believe is the nation's most aggressive actions to decarbonize our economy and is having such tremendous success. We we have a tremendous cap and invest bill, which is making investments to help frequently disproportionately impacted communities as well. We were the first state just last fall to essentially make it unnecessary to hook up to fossil gas, it used to be called natural gas, but it's a very polluting type of fuel. And we're creating jobs in my state just like crazy. I went up and saw the first and largest commercial scale hydrogen fuel cell airplane, 76 seater under development in Everett the other day. I went to Moses Lake where we're developing the silicon anode battery of two companies. In South Seattle, they have a fuel cell perfectly clean driving the largest truck in the world. We're just rocking it when it comes to new industries, and new jobs across our state. So to some degree, I consider this very substantial success to date. But uh, having set that course, we need to decarbonize our economy. That means transportation and ultimately our industrial sector. We're doing that very, very rapidly in transportation. And we're finding new solutions to industrial pollution as well. So it will be a world where we've decarbonized largely our economy and my grandchildren will look back in this decade and think, you know, they really got it. And Washington led the country in giving us a chance. That'll be success. I don't know if I'll be around to actually recognize that, but I'm proud of the work we're doing here right now to give my great-grandchildren a chance to see glaciers on Mount Rainier and salmon in our rivers and 
forests that don't burn down so badly that you can't breathe, that'll be success. In recent days, you've announced that you will not seek a fourth term, will not run for re-election. You as one of the longest standing, maybe the longest serving Democratic governor in the country. What do you think is happening right now with the Democratic Party's capacity to really be influential at the state level, which is, of course, where so much of the most impactful policy happens? Well, I am proud to be a Democratic governor because I'm a member of a cadre of governors that are doing fantastic work. You know, we're protecting women's right of choice where that is not happening on a national level. We are moving forward on climate change, as other governors are well. Uh, Michelle Luham Grisham, uh, Gavin Newsom are doing great work on climate. We're moving on gun safety, as Governor Polis of Colorado. We're moving on transportation infrastructure, like Gretchen Whitmer in, in, in Michigan. And so we just have a, a whole bunch of Democratic governors that are leading the country are things that cannot get done on the federal level at the moment. So I'm uh, very hot on Democratic governors, and I hope to help them as many places I can. And what is next for you? Well, I have 20 months to be governor of the state of Washington. I'm very excited about our continued effort against our homelessness crisis. I'm excited about a new effort to provide mental health in a way that is much more effective. So we've got some great work as governor. Uh, after that, who knows, the sky's the limit. I presume it will be something that will help continue our effort to decarbonize our economy, to, to grow jobs, to find a way to give our kids a chance against climate change. That is an abiding passion of mine. So I'll figure out some way to be productive. Stay tuned. <laughs> Jay Inslee is the governor of Washington. Governor Inslee, thank you so much for taking the time with us today. You bet. Y'all come back now. Mm-hmm.